sold his birthright. For he know how that afterwards, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. And the title of my message today is Becoming Esau. Becoming Esau. If you could pray with me. Father, Lord, we thank you for your presence, for your anointing. Oh God, we ask, Lord God, that the words that I shall speak be your words, Lord God, that they will encourage, that they will direct, that they will bless us today, Lord God, that it will instill in us, oh God, a desire to seek your face. We thank you, hallelujah, for showing up at Rehoboth. We thank you, Lord God, that you're in the midst today to bless, to anoint, to restore, to deliver. We thank you for your presence, and we give you all the worship and the glory in Jesus' name. Let's give God a praise offering right now. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated in the presence of God. Amen. 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 I know that God has accepted our worship. I just felt the presence of God today. And this message I had some some weeks ago. And really, I'm preaching to myself. So if it hits you, that's okay. This is aimed at me. Amen. This is aimed at me, but if it hits you, that's fine too. Amen. You know, as I said in Sunday school, there are so many stories of Bible characters. Some are a great examples of perseverance. Some are of great examples of faith, of deliverance, and stories of, of great miracles. There are some characters that teach us so many lessons that can be learned. We talk about Saul and how he came so close to being Israel's greatest king. In the story of Esau and Jacob, we, we have two brothers born into the same family. Have you got a sibling who is so different from you? You know, come from the same family, everything is the same and yet so different. We find this same story in the book of Genesis concerning Jacob and Esau. In fact, they were so similar that they were twins. One, one put his hand out first and came out second. The, these two twins, Jacob and Esau, were born into a blessed family. They were the sons of Isaac. They were in the lineage of Abraham. They were going to be the ones through whom God set the story for the earth, who, who was going to bless the nations. And yet, they were so different. They were so uh, different in personality, in character. You know, Esau, in the end, was born first. And because he, had, he was born first, he had the expectation of getting the, the firstborn's blessing and the birthright. In Genesis 25 and verse 24, Genesis 25 and uh, 24, it speaks about her deliverance. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first one came out red, all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. Esau means hairy. Esau was the firstborn. He was the favorite of the father. He had the father's goodwill. He, he was the one that the father really uh, saw as it being his heir, his being his, his strength. In Genesis 25 and verse 28, it tells us that. It said, and Isaac loved Esau. 
And the reason was he grew up to be a man's man, a macho man. He was a hunter. He was the one who went out and got the venison. He was everything a man should be in stature and in physicality. And because of that, his father really loved him. He thought, he, there's the epitome of the son that I wanted. He had great skills. He was talented as a hunter, a man of the field. He had everything going for him. And in himself, he also had that expectation, I'm the firstborn. I deserve being, uh, getting the birthright. I deserve getting the blessing. He had all these expectations that after a while, he started to take it for granted. He started to just believe just because he was born first that everything should come to him. He was going to be the leader of the family when his father died. It was his birthright. It was his right. And I'm speaking to myself. I was born into Pentecost. I was taken to church when I was three days old. And you know, sometimes we can get this expectation that everything should just come to us just because our father was this or our mother was that or my grandmother took me to church. We get this expectation that we are just destined to be blessed. And sometimes we start to take things for granted. We start to make assumptions that uh, God is going to bless us no matter what. It was my birthright. It's your birthright. But as Esau grew, he developed this problem that he thought everything belonged to him. He started to take his position as the heir for granted as because he was the firstborn and he was gifted. And he knew he was his father's favorite. He started to assume that no matter what he did, everything was still going to be okay. And then there came a day when he went out and he was hunting and he came back and he was hungry and starving in Genesis 25, 29. And his younger brother was cooking. You ever come into the house and there's that smell (laughs) and you're hungry? At that point, you're willing to give up quite a lot. Can I have some? What's that? You look into the pot. And Genesis 25, 29, it says, And Jacob sawed pottage. He had made a stew. And Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with the same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. Edom means red. And Jacob said, Sell me thy birthright. Sell me your birthright. And here's the surprise. In verse 32, Esau said, behold, I'm at the point to die. You know, some people exaggerate. I'm about to die. Pastor, you got to come. I'm about to die. And Esau said, behold, I'm at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do to me? Here is this first mistake. He just thought, you know what? It doesn't really matter what I say or what I promise him. I'm still the firstborn. It's still going to come to me. I'll just tell him what he wants to hear. And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore to him. And he sold his birthright for some food. You see what had happened is Esau had become to take his position for granted. God does not want us to take our position for granted. Because that is a dangerous path to becoming Esau. And then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. 
Thus Esau despised his birthright. He didn't value the fact that God had chosen him to be born first. He began to take it for granted that just because of his position, everything was going to be okay. Everything was going to be right. Sometimes the things that are free, that cost us little, we don't value. It didn't cost him anything. He had put out no price to be born first. And so he began to treat his position with contempt. But I want to tell you that our salvation cost was priceless. Even though we did not pay for it, there was a price to be paid. It cost the king of kings his glory. He shed his majesty of heaven and had to come to earth and became flesh. It cost him becoming like us. It cost him becoming the object of our sin. The Bible says he that knew no sin became sin. I tell you what what I think Jesus did not want to face in the garden was not the nails, was not the whipping, was not the crown of thorns, but it was becoming the sin offering for us. He who knew no sin, he had never experienced what it felt like to find that gulf, that separation, that feeling of guilt. He had to feel that way. He had to experience it. That's what it cost him. Cost us nothing. It cost Esau nothing for his position. So he began to take it lightly. He began to think it wasn't worth anything. He began to treat it profanely, commonly, like I can do anything. I still have the father's love. I'm still his best son. I'm still his favorite. We don't want to become like Esau. I know you're all quiet, but this is the message today. Shall I tell you what it cost Jesus? In Isaiah 53, starting at the first verse, but we'll start at verse 3, it outlines all the things that he was going to have to go through, the things that it cost him. It says, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. Do you understand that after he arose, almost none of them recognized him? Because he had been disfigured, he had been beat up, his uh, uh, beard had been plucked, they had stuck thorns into his head, his face was so disfigured, they had beat on him all night, that most of the disciples at first could not recognize him. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. This message today is to tell you, we can't become like Esau. We can't take what God has given us for granted. We can't profane it. We can't treat our salvation as if it's common, as if it cost us nothing. Verse 4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised. For our iniquities. It cost God, it cost Jesus a lot. All he had to do was just click his fingers and all those Roman soldiers could have dropped dead. But you know what kept him on the cross? They say it wasn't the nails, it was you and me. It was the thought that if he did not do this, we would be doomed for eternity. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Verse 7 says, he was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. You know, the baby goes through some trauma, but it's the mother that actually feels the pain. The baby doesn't remember it. None of you remember being born, do you? (laughs) 
but your, your mother probably does. <laughs> I'm sure if I asked my wife, she could tell every single birth. I remember the first one because she was in labor 24 hours. 21, okay. That's a lot of pain for a long time. My oldest son doesn't remember that. You look at every single person in the world and you wonder, wow, is that how everybody was born? See, it cost God a lot for us to have the opportunity to be born again, to be the firstborn. The Bible says the church of the firstborn. We don't want to become like Esau and take our birthright for granted. We don't want to go out in the world and sell it cheap for just some food, some some pleasure of the flesh. It's time for us to understand that to become like Esau is to lose out with God. It said in verse 10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. Esau didn't realize the pain of his mother in birthing him. I don't know about having one child, but I can imagine for twins it's even a longer proposition. Your salvation, my salvation came at a high cost. But do we value it? Or are we behaving like Esau? Do we value that God has chosen us? He told his disciples after they came back from healing people and they were rejoicing. He says, yeah, that's great. But better to rejoice that your name, let's say your name, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's why you should rejoice. That's why you should be happy that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. See, we don't value what God has given us. And we have a danger of becoming just like Esau. Just taking it for granted. He knew the father loved him. He knew he was the father's favorite. He knew he was gifted and talented. And he relied on that. He knew at any time I can get the father to, to buy me the car. I just have to go out and do some hunting, bring him back some food he loves. He'll just bless me anytime. Anytime I can run to church and get the blessing. But there came a day when it didn't work. Because it cost him nothing, he sold it cheaply. Just for some food. The time when it was come for Isaac to give the blessing, he thought he could do just like he'd always done for his father. Just go out there, get some food, and be back. Father would give him the blessing, and he'd end up the leader of the clan. You know, the Bible speaks to the first church in Revelation, and the first church in Revelation, the church of Ephesus, it says this in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 1. God had a message for the seven churches, but the first church he chose to speak to, he said this about them. Unto the angel of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience. Yeah, the father knew how good a hunter and talented Esau was, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience for my name's sake, hast labored and hast not fainted. But then comes verse 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. And I'm pointing to myself. Because thou hast left 
thy first love. See, we can become like Esau, where everything else is more important. Everything else is more important than our first love, where we're willing to sell our birthright cheaply. God is saying to the church of Ephesus here, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Shall I tell you, when Jesus comes, when he breaks the sky, when that trumpet sounds, nothing else will matter unless your name is called. Nothing you think is so important, as my former pastor would say, will amount to more than a hill of beans. I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Esau didn't care and thought he could show up anytime, any way, and still get the blessing. Verse 5 says, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. Do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. I'm telling you, we have a danger of becoming like Esau. We don't want to be like Esau. We want to hold what God has given us in high regard. We have to keep that, that, that inheritance safe. We have to guard it. We have to look up and make sure that our calling and election is there. That's what the Bible speaks about. See, Esau only realized the value of what he had missed when it was too late. He only realized the value of the blessing once he had lost it. In Genesis 27 and verse 38, he came in thinking, okay, this is the moment where Father puts his hand on me and gives me the blessing. I become the leader of the household. But he found out because he was so careless He had missed out on the blessing. He found out that Jacob had come in and father had given him the blessing. And suddenly he realized what he had lost. And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing for my father? Bless me also, O my father. Finally, it was worth something to him. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Let's not be like Esau. Let's not wait till it's too late. Let's not wait till the blessing has passed us by. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15, that first verse said, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. You know, when you're angry, it usually affects other people. It doesn't stay with you because you take it out. Come on now, am I making this up? I'm human. I've snapped. I've had to apologize. You see, it says when we, when we let that stuff fester, when we don't value what God has done for us, we not only damage ourselves, but we damage everyone around us. See, his brother, on the other hand, understood the value of the birthright. He understood. He was scheming from a long time ago. Why should he get it? And he only came out about two minutes before me. He was planning from the get-go. If there's some way, he valued the birthright. He may not have done it the right way, but you can see he valued it. 
God is looking for someone who will be obedient, who values his sacrifice. He's not looking for those who think that we, we own it. We should have it because my granddaddy was in this thing and my, you know, it's not like that. This is a personal salvation. My father and mother can't save me. It's going to be me standing before God having to give an account. I don't want to be like Esau. You don't want to be like Esau. Jacob understood the value of the birthright. He understood the value of the blessing. And so when you get those things, you can leave home naked and with just a stone for a pillow. Because that's how he left home. He took nothing with him. But when he returned... It was a different matter because he had the blessing and he had the birthright. I'm telling you, when you value the blessing of God, when you are obedient, when you walk with him in faith, believing you can get the blessing and the birthright. Don't sell it out. Don't sell it out for something temporary. It's not worth it. Esau thought just because he was firstborn, he could show up anytime and say, Father, I'm here. And, and the father, Isaac, would have to give him the blessing. But it didn't work that way. We can't take a chance without salvation. The Bible says make your calling and election sure. Don't take chances. Don't let the world fool you. Don't sell your birthright and blessing cheaply. Because it was paid for with a high price. It was paid for with the blood at Calvary. It was paid for with Jesus humbling himself, the God of creation, washing his disciples' feet. It was paid for when those soldiers brutalized him. It was paid for when those soldiers took those, those whips and beat up his back. It cost him a lot. Let's not profane God's inheritance. See, there is always a danger when we come to church so often and we think it's common. We should come in here and, and thank God every time. Th this is a special opportunity. You got to wake up this morning. You got to come in here and sing. You got to open your mouth and give God praises. We don't want to become Esau. The good thing is Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 says, But God... Let's say, but God. but God. But for God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved. I believe that God is so merciful and gracious that he is still willing to give us a blessing. Amen. God is still willing to give us the blessing and the birthright. If you could stand with me, I told you I wasn't going to be long. It's a short message today. Don't become like Esau. It's time for us to treat our salvation as the priceless jewel that it is. It's not something that you can just take out in the street and don't care about and think it's still going to be there. The Bible says we have to make our calling and election sure. It's time for us to put a price and a value on his sacrifice. We don't have to go to the cross personally. We don't have to be whipped. But we do have to value what Jesus did. We have to hold it in high esteem. Jacob knew the value of the blessing that would come from his father Isaac. And he saw it in all his life. Now, here's the thing. He couldn't do it by right. He could not have done it because he was not in line. He was not the one in line. But there was a sacrifice made. His mother said, okay, here's what you do. 
The only way you're going to get the blessing from the Father is if there is a sacrifice. Go and kill a, a kid. And I'm going to take that skin and I'm going to cover you. That's what God did to enable us who were not the firstborn to come before him and get the blessing. If we're covered by the blood, we can come to that throne of grace boldly, thereby to receive mercy. Let's not become like Esau. Let's treat our salvation like it is something priceless, something special, something that is worth more than a job. It's worth more than a a person, a relationship. God wants this to be number one. If my wife decides to not serve God, I can't follow her. It should be one, number one in our lives, our first priority. If I don't serve God, she can't turn back. This is a one-on-one relationship. God is saying today, don't be like Esau, who the Bible says was a profane person and did not value the sacrifice that was given to him. Rebecca sacrificed to give birth. Verse 17 of Hebrews 12 says, For he know that afterwards, when he would have inherited the blessing. See, it could have gone Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. That's how it should have gone. But because of his being profane, not treating his inheritance, God switched it. There's been many times in Scripture where God switched the blessing. Should have gone Jacob Reuben, but it didn't. It ended up being Jacob Judah because Reuben messed up. In fact, the first four, three brothers all messed up. Let us not take it for granted the fact that we can get to come in here every Sunday. We have to make our calling and election sure. Verse 74, he know that how after is when he would have inherited the blessing. God is saying here, I would have given it to him. He was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears, because he'd already made his choice. He was only sorry that he missed it. He wasn't sorry for what he had done before. We have an opportunity today to put a new value on what God has done for us. And I'm speaking to myself. I want the rest of this year to raise my value of what God has done for me. Because he has done miracles for me. I want to make sure I am not becoming Esau. I want to make sure that I respect the sacrifice that Jesus paid at Calvary for me. These altars are open, and I know it wasn't a a shouting message, but it's what God wanted me to tell you today. Don't become like Esau. Value what his price was for your salvation. Value the fact that he has paid a great price. The Bible says the blood of bulls and goats could not have done it. But when he said it is finished, it is finished. Man's salvation is paid. Hallelujah. If you could stand, we're going to 
close this service, but I want you to take this word with you. Hallelujah. Don't become like Esau. Father, we thank you this afternoon for this word that you gave me, Lord God, that I should share. Lord, I take it for myself first, Lord God. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you help me to walk worthy of the calling. Oh, hallelujah, that we don't assume anything, Lord God. We don't presume, oh God, on our position. But Lord, we diligently make our calling and election sure. Father, we just come before your throne today humbly. Lord, we ask, oh God, for your mercy and your grace to be poured out in this service right now, Lord God. Everyone that is at this altar, Lord, everyone that is seeking your face, oh God, in truth and in honesty, oh God, that you will help us, oh God, to put a price, oh God, upon your sacrifice for us, that we will not treat it profanely. Lord, we ask you right now, Jesus, hallelujah, to fill our hearts, oh God, as we understand your sacrifice, the joy, oh God, of knowing that you still love us, that there is still an opportunity for the birthright and the blessing. Hallelujah, that you have still opened the door. Hallelujah, that we can still come before you. We can run, hallelujah, to that throne of grace. Lord, I ask right now, Jesus, as I pray, oh God, as we pray together, that you fill everyone's heart here today with a determination, hallelujah, to put you first to put you first, hallelujah, to raise you up. You said if you be lifted up, hallelujah, we lift you up today. Hallelujah, we thank you.